Thank you for joining our broadcast today at City Life Church. We would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. Please take a minute to send us your story at info at citylifechurch.cc. And if God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially to help us bring God's word to other people. You can go to citylifechurch.cc to find the giving options that work best for you. Right now, we're in a series called Upside Down Christmas. And in this message series, we unpack how Jesus came to invade the ordinary, upside down places of our lives with his message of hope and restoration. Let's head into the auditorium as we lean in and engage today's message. We're going to continue our series, Upside Down Christmas. And we're in our third week. And on the first week, we talked about how Jesus invaded an upside down world. He did it in an upside down manner. He was given to a young couple, not a king in a kingdom, but a baby in a barn. They were looking for a throne in a palace, and what they got was a stable. Shepherds would come, angels would declare, and as Jesus would invade this dark world that had not heard from God in over 400 years, a light would break into darkness. The heavens would stand still because God had arrived. We talked last week about how wise men begin to seek out the Christ child. And when they found him, they found not a king or a palatial estate, but a common house, a common family, and a small toddler. But we talked about how wise men worship in an upside-down situation. When you do not see Jesus the way you thought he would reveal himself, you make a choice to worship. Wise men and wise women, they make a choice to worship in upside-down moments of life. When Christ is revealed in moments of life that seem contrary to what we thought or we planned. There are some of you here today, life is not going how you planned. It's not what you pictured it to be. But you make a choice, and I make a choice, and we make a choice to worship in the upside-down moments of life. I want to talk to you for just a few minutes today. Jesus still invades upside-down situations. He still invades an upside-down world. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. The prophet Isaiah is writing, For a child is born to us, a son is given. The government will rest upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. It it was an amazing declaration that was given to the people of God in a time of great trouble. God breaks through in a time of struggle and heaviness. The Armenians are running over the people of God, taking many captive, killing many, destroying homes and pillaging anything of value. And God shows up through the prophet and he declares this word. There's an answer on the way. And when he arrives, he will be a wise king. That's what wonderful counselor means. He will be an everlasting father. He will be a mighty God. 800 years passes before Jesus arrives. 400 of those years, it's silence. Nothing has been said from the heavens. The people of God are are displaced. Many are worshiping false gods. Darkness is reigning. An evil king is on a throne. And Jesus arrives in a manger in Bethlehem, given to a young couple. And we've talked about that story the last few weeks and how Jesus arrived. Now, Jesus arrived, and when he arrived, he arrived not as many expected. It was not a king in a kingdom, but like I said, a baby in a barn. 
surrounded by animals, no room even in the hotel. And the Bible says that Joseph and Mary, living a common life, raised Jesus in a common world with common people. And from a very early age, he was marked with great revelation. But one day he walks into the synagogue. And in Luke chapter 4, verse 14, it says, Then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Reports about him spread quickly through the whole region. He taught regularly in the synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went to the visual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read scripture. The scroll of Isaiah, the prophet, was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. All eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. Then he began to speak to them, the scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. The scripture you have heard has been fulfilled this very day. Jesus invaded a dark world, kind of snuck into the little town of Bethlehem. And when he did, the heavens began to shift. God's plan began to move into action, a plan that was established long ago in the book of Genesis, where God told the enemy, there is coming one that will deal you a fatal blow. And all through the Old Testament, prophecy after prophecy was given of Jesus. They told that when he would come, the Messiah and a kingdom would arrive. But the kingdom that they were expecting was an earthly kingdom. They were looking for a kingdom of gold and silver, armies and palaces. But when he arrived, we find that he snuck in a back door through a barn, was raised in a common family's house, lived in a common neighborhood. It shows me that Jesus will show up in the least likely of places. He still arrives in places you do not expect him. He still arrives in moments that you did not plan for. He still shows up at places that no one has penciled in and put on the list. And when he arrives, everything begins to change. Jesus, at an early age, he began to confound those that he taught. He began to stump religious people with great revelation. Many times they would ask, how do you know this stuff? And he would say, only because my father has given it to me, now I give it to you. Everywhere that Jesus went. And one day he walks in the temple, 800 years after this prophecy has been given. And the Bible said he went to church every Sunday. Now see, you need to be like Jesus and be in church. That's what it said. What would Jesus do? He would go to church on Sunday. And we make it easy. We give you four options. He shows up. You know, Christmas is always a neat weekend because you see people you haven't seen in a while. People show up at church, Easter, Christmas, and other occasions. That's why we call them CEO Christians. Christmas, Easter, and other occasions. So if you're one of our CEO Christians, we're glad to have you today. But you know, we do this every Sunday. And we would love to have you one of the other 51 Sundays of the year. You're welcome any time of the year. So, so we find that Jesus goes to church, and they get to him, and it's his turn to read a portion of the scripture. Jesus gets up, and he reads this. 
And he makes it not only as something he is reading, but a declaration that begins to penetrate the heart of those listening. He looks at them, and as he is reading, he says, I am anointed. There is something that settles over this crowd. Because the Bible said they begin to look at him with awe. They begin to hear of his miracles, and it was noised about of his great teachings. His fame was spreading in the earth. And when he arrives to church and he picks up the word of God and he begins to read the prophecy of Isaiah that was spoken 800 years before. The Bible says that when he began to read, he said this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim the captives will be released. The blind will see. The oppressed will be set free. And the Lord's favor has arrived. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. What Jesus did was, he did a mic drop. (laughs) And this is what he says when he sits down. The scripture you have heard has been fulfilled this very day. You've been waiting 800 years. It's done. You've been waiting for generation. It's done. You've been waiting to see the Messiah arrive. It's done. You've been waiting for the answer. The answer is here. You've been looking for the way. It is now arrived. You've been looking in search for a truth that moves through generations and past earthly kingdom. It has now been established. He literally reads the scripture, rolls it back up, hands it to the guy, says, you won't need this any longer. He said, I'm telling you, I've come to turn the world upside down. First, he said, I have come to give good news to the poor. He was not just talking to those that were out of those that had lack because he would teach us when you put little in God's hands as he did with the feeding of the 5,000, it is much. The Bible said they gave him a sack lunch. The people were hungry. All they had was a few loaves and a few fishes that a little boy brought and they put it in the hand of Jesus and he showed us that lack can become prosperous in the hand of Jesus. He said, I've come to give good news to the poor, not just people without money or people without possessions, but those that were poor in spirit because there were many rich people in that day that did not know the answer. He said, I've come to give good news to the poor. There is prosperity in the kingdom. There is fulfillment in the kingdom, not just in earthly possessions, but in spirit and in truth. I have come to give good news to the poor. And if you've come in here today and there's a lacking place in your life, I've got good news. Jesus, is alive. If you walk in this room today and you need something that is broken, Jesus is alive. He said, I have come to give good news to the poor. But he didn't stop there. He didn't stop at good news to the poor. He said, I've come that the captives might be released. Those that are in captivity to anything, to things that hold them, that bind their life, freedom has arrived because he that the Son has set free is free indeed. I have come to set the captive free, those that are captive to sin, those that are captive to religion, those that are captive to addiction or things in their life that are keeping them. I've got good news. There is freedom for the captive. So on this Christmas morning, if there is something that is holding you back in 2018. I've got good news. You can be free in 2019. You can walk in freedom because Jesus 
is alive. He did not stop with good news for the poor. He did not stop and just captive for the freedom. But all of a sudden, he begins to tell us that the blind will see. He demonstrated this over and over. And he told us those that lack vision, not just in a physical manner, not just in a physical sense, but those that are walking through life, do not believe for tomorrow. Hope has arrived. Those that are just moving through life, do, do not believe any greater days are ahead. Hope has arrived. Those that can't believe for greater places in their future, hope has arrived. I've come to tell you the blind can see. See, there is more than just being blind physically, but when you are blind spiritually and there is no vision for a future and you do not believe your best days are ahead, you are in trouble. But when you grab hold of a word that declares my latter will be greater than my former and my best is yet to come, he said, I have come to give good news to the poor. I have come to set the captive free and I have come to declare for those that have no vision, your tomorrow is greater than your today. Somebody put your hands together for Jesus this morning. (laughs) But he didn't even stop there. Then he tells them this. The oppressed will be set free. That word oppressed means burdened down or heavy. He was talking to really the people that were wrapped in religion that knew not God. He was talking to people that were burned down with rituals that sacrificed, that kept the Sabbath, that did all of the things that they were supposed to do but yet had relationships. They were burdened and oppressed with religious judgment but they still did not know God. He said, I have come that the oppressed will be free. You will be free from religion so you can walk in relationship. I'm going to rent the veil of the temple and when I do, he said, you can come in. You will not need a priest. You will not need a preacher. You will not need someone else to get to God for you, but one mention of my name will usher my very presence into your life. I have come that the oppressed will be set free. But then he said, get ready. Because what I'm bringing you out of is getting ready to set you up for a next season. He said, the time of the Lord's favor has come. The time of the Lord's favor. He said, it's not just good news for the poor. It's not just that the captive might be free. It's not just that the burden of oppression and judgment and religion might be lifted and you might walk in relationship, but I'm getting ready to breathe on a church and my spirit is getting ready to empower them and they are going to walk in a favor that gives them access to places they cannot get on their own because here it is right here. Here's the whole whole clincher of what Jesus was saying. Here's what he's telling you. Every verse that has been written in an Old Testament is now being fulfilled. Every declaration of prophecy that I gave you long ago is now being released to be put in place. Everything that the prophet Isaiah or other prophets told you or God himself in a garden to the enemy is about to explode on the sea. Yes, the poor will be taken care of and the captives will be free and the judgment and the oppression of religion will be lifted 
but get ready. I'm about to release a favor in the earth. What he was saying was, I'm about to bless you so you can be a blessing. I'm about to bless you so you can walk in the place God has called you to walk in the purpose of your life, your kingdom assignment, your destiny might be fulfilled. You see, every miracle Jesus did was pointing us not to just some supernatural moment in his time on earth, but what he could do in our life. From the very inviting to a wedding where Jesus changed the water into wine, he showed us that what you see go in is not always what comes out. He showed us when he captures a moment and he shows us the picture of blind Bartimaeus where he has no vision and he's sitting begging by the side of the road. But the moment he invites Jesus to his upside down world, everything changes because the crowd is making noise. The church is doing all the things the church does. And Bartimaeus on the edge of the crowd says, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stops and they tried to quiet Bartimaeus. And I love what the scripture says. He cried even the louder, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped the church service and said, bring him to me. The guy making all the noise in the back? Uh Uh-oh, you don't understand what he declared. He knows who I am. He's inviting me and son of David. What he was saying was, I know who you are. You're Messiah that they prophesied about for generations. And I'm inviting you into my upside down world because I am lost. I am broken and I am blind. I have no sight. And this is all I will ever be. I beg day to day. But I believe one moment in your presence can give me a greater tomorrow. Jesus walks over to Bartimaeus and says, your faith has made you whole. There are some of you today that can't see a tomorrow and there's no hope for a better season and you're walking into 2019 saying you know it'll be just like 2018 it'll probably be just like 2017 but what if you invaded your invited Jesus to your upside down world and he invaded that moment because here's the truth not only did he invade an upside down world 2000 years ago he's still invading upside down worlds today the minute you invite him in he arrives and heaven comes with him and faith comes with him everywhere he went he invaded broken families he showed up in the house of Jairus and raised his daughter he showed up at the tomb of Lazarus four days late in the midst of broken people a crying family for a moment he wept with them because he's touched with our hurts but then in the midst of brokenness in an upside down situation where there is no hope he began to speak the name of Lazarus He invaded a family where a woman came to Jesus and said, my daughter is grievously vexed with an evil spirit. And Jesus released a word of healing and deliverance. Everywhere that Jesus went, he invaded upside down places. He found isolated lepers that were broken. And their greatest affliction was not even their disease, but it was the isolation from their family and people. And Jesus walked right in the midst of isolation because they began to call from him from afar. And right in this broken place, in this upside-down situation, Jesus walked where no one else was willing to walk. Even the priest would keep his distance. But when Jesus walked, he got close enough that they could fall at his feet and worship See, he will walk right in the midst of your isolation into your upside down place. It's the whole reason he came. We celebrate with trees and 
we have parties and we give gifts. But he did not come so we could celebrate a manger nativity scene. Because the greatest place he would ever invade was the cross of crucifixion at Mount Calvary. Before Jesus arrived, the cross was the darkest place known to humanity. If you hung up on the tree, the Bible says you and your family for generations would be cursed. It was a place that represented darkness and shame. Those that were crucified on a cross, not being stoned, not being executed any other way, but it was public humiliation. But he would walk to Calvary, the place of shame. He would look at a cross, a place that had been upside down for broken people for generations. But when he would get through with the cross, he would turn it into the greatest symbol of hope that mankind has ever known. Because when I see a cross today, I do not see shame. When I see a cross today, I do not see brokenness. When I see a cross today, I do not see those being executed. I see a cross that is established for me so that I might be redeemed, so that the poor have good news, so the captive can be set free, so those that are oppressed can find relationship with Christ and that the Lord's favor might be released. He said, I'll tell you what I'll do before I'll leave. I'll defeat death. I'll empty the grave and I'll turn the cross right side up. And when I get through with the cross, it will no longer be a symbol of shame, but it will be a beacon of hope. It will be something that cries out to humanity. If you're in an upside down world, I have the answer. If you're living in an upside down situation, I have the truth. If you're living in an upside down journey, I am the way. If you do not have the answer, it's Jesus. He's here for the poor. He's here for the broken. He's here for the captive. He's here and freedom is in this place and favor is in this place. Come on, stand to your feet. Put your hands together for Jesus this morning. And it all started with a young girl that truly showed us all it takes to invite Jesus into your life. We talked about it on the very first week of this sermon series. the angel showed up and the angel arrived and the word was overwhelming and she could not figure out how this would happen it was all upside down contrary to what she thought the word was beyond her bigger than her greater than she could even fathom but this little phrase shifted everything Because this little phrase invited Jesus into her life. Let it be unto me according, here it is, to your word. If you said you've got good news for the poor, let it be. You said you've got freedom for the captive, let it be. If you said you've come to lift the burden of oppression, 
let it be. If, if you said you have hurt for the healing, let it be. If you are the answer, the way, the truth, and the life, let it be unto me according to, you know, let it work in my family. This Christmas, your father invade every upside down place, invade every broken place, every place that needs restoration, every place that need, needs new life. And I find that anywhere he's invited, he invades and he arrives. He steps on the scene and when he does he declares just like he did in the synagogue get ready the year of the Lord's favor is upon you the year of blessing is in front of you God's purpose has been released God's plan is being established I'm going to pray over you today this is what I want to pray that the good news would be that for you if there's any captivity in your life freedom would be released if there's any heaviness you're walking through, realize this morning that he's come to make your burden light. And just believe that the year of favor, the year of the Lord's favor is being released in your life. You say, well, pastor, what do you mean? Is it this year? No, it's this year and next year. And it'll be next year. And next year, that's the good news of the kingdom. That's the good news of the gospel. That he just keeps moving you from glory to glory, from place to place, from season to season. But here's how he works. Anything he takes from you, he always gives greater to you. He's not only going to take from the poor, not only going to take from the captive, not only going to lift the burden of religion, but he's going to give you favor and blessing in its place. Jesus drops the mic, walks off and sits down and says, now the prophecy's been fulfilled. If you understand, Jesus is enough. So Father, I pray today. I thank you, Father, that you are working and you are speaking. I thank you, Father, that Jesus invaded an upside down world. 2,000 years ago. I thank you, Father, that he spoke, Father, for us. That we might have a voice. Father, I'm thankful, Father, that there is good news today for those that are poor in spirit, those that are in lack in any area. I'm thankful today, Father, that there is freedom for those that are captive, those that are bound. Father, those that are walking in heavy places, just lift that burden, Father, and release that heaviness. Oppression, depression, stress, anxiety, there is freedom. And Father, I just declare today that the next season, because Jesus is invading upside down places, freedom, and favor are being released in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, put your hands together. Come on, celebrate Jesus this morning. Thank you again for joining us for today's broadcast. Our prayers that it ministered to you and it changed your life. If there's anything we can pray with you about or God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, please send us an email at info at citylifechurch.cc. 
We want to invite you to be our guest at one of our Sunday or Wednesday worship experiences. You can find our times and locations on our website at citylifechurch.cc. You can also download our City Life Church app on your smartphones or tablets for more online messages. It was great having you with us today, and we'll see you next time.